Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. This reading is for December 5th. Today we'll be reading the following articles and more. Gay Late Closing Doors Permanently by Penn Watkins. Indian Teen Dies by Suicide After Intense Cyberbullying by Oscar Leon. And Outfront Magazine's 2024 Holiday Gift Guide. Gay Late Closing Its Doors Permanently. This year has not been kind to iconic gay bars. This year in Colorado, the Triangle has closed, and now in London, Gay Late is closing for good on December 10th, 2023. Once again, the reason for this Gay Late's closing is due to safety concerns. There have been several attacks against both the staff and customers. When asking for police help, the police deemed that the gander was not consistent enough for any change to be made, and therefore Gay Late is closing for good. Jeremy Joseph, owner of Gay Late, released an explanation post on X in which he reminisces and explains further reasons. The area around Gay Late has become far busier than it was in previous years, leading to parking inaccessibility and several other safety hazards, such as a fire exit being blocked. However, he does offer hope for the future of London's LGBTQ plus hotspots. In this statement, he says, It's not all negative, though gay late is not going to be forgotten. Firstly, no staff will be affected by the closure, and they will all be deployed to gay bar and heaven, so all jobs are safe. For those who love gay late, my goal is to recreate an updated version of gay late in heaven's DP and stage bar and to have more nights at heaven, starting with a new LGBT R&B night on Wednesdays. Although the police were not enough to keep gay late open amidst attacks, the transition to heaven being an alternative venue may be for the best. We look forward to seeing more additions to London's LGBTQ plus venues. Indian teen dies by suicide after intense cyberbullying. Glam makeup artist known as the name Pranchu committed suicide after intense amounts of bullying on their Instagram account. The account, which contained more than 14,000 followers, was met with more than 4,000 hate comments after they posted a makeup look in honor of the Indian holiday Diwali. Following this Instagram post, the post went viral, causing intense amounts of bullying on Instagram, and following that, they took their life. Pranchu's death ignited the conversation of Meta and their legitimacy on monitoring cyberbullying across its platforms. In the last recent months, Meta, who runs apps like Facebook and Instagram, fired thousands of content reviewers, citing a heavy investment on AI to review harmful content. Cyberbullying is a huge issue that has grown out of control the past couple of years. 
bullying someone for being who they are is extremely harmful and inappropriate, and it is rather shameful that Meta did not block these comments as it should have. Arturo Bejar, former Meta engineer, told Congress that he had warned Mark Zuckerberg that teens were not safe on their platforms and were subject to cyberbullying on their platforms. His warnings were ignored. If Meta was more serious about blocking harmful content and comments, Ron Chu would still be alive, making content today. Bejar also warned that AI did not have the power to catch harmful content as accurately as Meta has sold its users to be. He cites that AI is not able to make ethical or moral decisions about what content is harmful. Social media platforms like Meta and others need to be held accountable for continuing to let harmful content and bullying surface on these platforms. Bullying can affect someone on deeper levels than those who bully think. Because the issue has been ongoing for the past few years, 33 states have sued Meta for failure to monitor bullying on their platforms, citing that the company is putting profit over the safety of minors. Outfront Magazine's 2024 Holiday Gift Guide Another year has flown by, and it is time once again to stuff each other's stockings and leave queer offerings under each other's trees. From naughty to nice to cannabis products you'll want to try twice. Here are some of the don't-miss products to enjoy and sample this year. Wama Hemp Underwear Men's Boxer Briefs These boxer briefs are built to last. They are also roomy, comfortable, wick away sweat, and dry quickly. Hemp fabric is number one in sustainability, and organic underwear is good for you and the planet. Honest Capsule Water Pipe the sleek design of the capsule water pipe is both modern and minimal. The portable design makes it easy to use anytime, any place. With easy access to all compartments of the water pipe, cleaning has never been easier or faster. Beyond the modern appearance, it also is durable at the base and mouthpiece are protected by removable silicone sleeves. One of the coolest features is the inconspicuous bowl poker that fits perfectly in the side of the water pipe. Most importantly, the capsule water pipe has exceptionally smooth hit for a perfect smoke session. I'm extremely pleased with the product and can honestly say this is my new favorite piece. Omura Series X Complete Bundle The Omura Series X Complete Bundle includes a slick and smooth, beautiful and portable whole flower vaporizer along with a home filling system and four packs of flower sticks. The home fill system maximizes your smoking experience and your time, cleverly designed to prepare you for 16 smoke sessions with one single loading or packing of the biodegradable flower sticks. The Omura Series X takes minimal preparation and simply requires you to load one of the filled flower sticks, at which point the vaporizer will automatically start your session. 30 seconds later, your Series X vaporizer is heated and ready for your three and a half minute smoke session. The G-Pen Dash Vaporizer slash Grateful Dead Edition. Gorgeous in color, discreet and portable, the G-Pen Dash Vaporizer is a must have. Deadheads will love the sleek design and cool imagery. And like all the G-Pen offerings, it's extremely easy to pack, use and clean and you'll get dozens of hits from each pack. The Revel Hot Chocolate and Peppermint Bark 500 milligram Cartridge 
Perfect for wintertime, crisp peppermint up front, followed by a lovely sweet mocha aftertaste, ideal to pair with your favorite holiday drinks. This vape pan features a cool and minty flavor reminiscent of classic peppermint bark candy with hints of rich chocolate and sweet vanilla. With every puff, you'll be transported to a winter wonderland filled with sights and smells of Christmas. Wanda Brand's Optimal's Quick Calm. Perfect for getting through the holiday dinner with your wacky uncle, the first-of-its-kind formulation harnesses cannabinoids, 30-plus relaxing plant compounds, and 50 milligrams of the soothing amino acid found in green tea to gently ease your racing mind. They're also powered by fast-acting nano-encapsulation technology that delivers relief in just 5 to 15 minutes, and with only 1 milligram of THC per serving. Most people can take one at a time of day without feeling high. Wanna Brand's Optimal's Fast Asleep Can't fall asleep because your mind is racing from holiday stimulation. These revolutionary nighttime gummies deliver a sweet mixed berry flavor along with a custom blend of CBD, THC, CBG, CBN, and melatonin. They're also enhanced with more than 30 specialized terpenes curated based on an AI-generated data from thousands of consumer experiences and all delivered via fast-acting nanotechnology to help you feel sleepy in just 5 to 15 minutes without next-day grogginess. Wanna Brand's Optimal Stay Asleep can't stay asleep for overconception of holiday fun, a higher-dose melatonin-free alternative to the best-selling fast-asleep gummies. These tasty dream berry bites offer a gentle, calibrated solution to the root causes of sleeplessness, including stress and physical tension. Their custom blend of CBD, CBN, CBG, THC, and more than 30 specialized terpenes deliver restful, long-lasting sleep with no next-day grogginess. Pax Mini X James Gold Crown the Pax Mini is perfect for solo sessions and on the go. It's really simple and easy to use compared to the other flower vaporizers. It heats up in under 15 seconds and has a smooth hit that doesn't make you cough. The overall flavor of the vaporizer tastes more pure in comparison to other smoking methods. You can now customize your Pax products, making this the perfect personalized gift for all of the stoners in your life this holiday season. DOSD Cherry Cola Nanobites. If you're craving a soda without the calories, but with an added THC punch, look no further than the Cherry Cola Nanobites from DOSD. The beloved Edibles brand is known for its consistency and flavor, and these are especially tasty. Their nanotechnology infuses the cannabis so that it hits you hard for a sustained, even high, that you'll want to keep going. A great stocking stuffer. Puffco Peak Pro Dessert. No more getting the old glass rig and butane torch out, folks. The Puffco Peak Pro is levels above any other device for smoking concentrates. With the Pro, you get access to the app in which you can make your own presets, allowing you to customize the temperature, color patterns, smoke intensity, and timer. With this option, a single dab's worth can produce a consistent smooth 8 to 10 hits before the time runs out, and you'll still have some time left over for a low temp final dab to clean it out. 
the price point might be a factor to consider. However, the convenience, portability, customization, and easy maintenance of the Peak Pro makes it a no-brainer. TV review, Doctor Who, episode Wild Blue Yonder is a dark and terrifying breath of fresh air by Julie River. Rating 95 out of 100. My last Doctor Who review was predictably controversial because of my unpopular opinions. That's fine. I stand by all my unpopular opinions. But for this week's special, I'm going to have to get into something that might make me a little more popular and talk about something I actually like about Russell T. Davies, and there are certainly a number of things I do like about him, particularly the fact that I think he does dark episodes better than he does light-hearted, happy episodes. For my money, the two best things Russell T. Davies has ever written in the Doctor Who universe are the third season of the show spinoff, Torchwood, branded as Torchwood, Children of Earth, and a fourth season episode of Doctor Who called Midnight written at the last minute to replace another episode that Davis had decided was too similar in tone to another episode earlier in the season, Midnight, had to be able to be made quickly and easily with a low budget. In the episode, the Doctor leaves behind his companion, Donna, to go off on a train across a diamond planet called Midnight that is incapable of supporting life, but when something starts knocking on the outside of the train and a woman on board seems to have been possessed by something, it seems that life may be possible after all on the hostile planet. But, but is that life dangerous? Midnight is positively terrifying, which is made all the more impressive by all the limitations that the episode had in terms of time and money. I also love that it's one of the few moments when the Doctor can easily get everyone to trust him to be their leader instead of finding himself pleading with a train full of people to listen to him. In many ways, the second of the Doctor Who's 60th anniversary episodes, Wild Blue Younger, is the spiritual sister episode to Midnight, demonstrating what Midnight would have been if it had been a bigger budget. Shrouded in mystery prior to its release, Davies would only comment that it was a very dark episode that might be challenging to small children, and he refused to allow much in the way of plot synopsis to get out to the press, leaving a lot of questions about the episode until the moment it was released. In Wild Blue Yonder, the Doctor and Donna accidentally land on a spaceship that seems to be abandoned except for one robot that is very slowly walking down a long corridor. But when they come into contact with the mysterious shape-shifting aliens that can take their appearance, the Doctor and Donna must figure out what happened to the ship's crew before the shape-shifting aliens become so much like the people they're imitating that they can work it out for themselves. Much like Midnight, the episode is confined to one location and focuses on the aliens that copy people. But unlike Midnight, we see these aliens played by the actors of the people they're trying to copy. But what makes these aliens so scary is their uncanny nature, the fact that they look almost like people. But since they don't entirely understand the concept of shape, they frequently get little things wrong. Catherine Tafe and David Tennant as monsters try to pass as humans who can't remember how long arms are supposed to be makes for genuinely creepy situation, and rather than trying to come up with some convoluted explanation to get out of the situation Davies has created, the solution to the episode is quite simple and elegant. 
The very end of the episode sees the return of the much-beloved character and setup for a final episode of the 60th anniversary special, The Giggle, which will feature the highly talented queer American actor Neil Patrick Harris playing the toy maker, a character who has not been seen on Doctor Who since 1966. I still fear that it will likely end in unsatisfying conclusions, as is often the case with the Davies' big seasonal-ending episodes. And these specials certainly function as a mini-season of the show, but I always live in hopes of being proven wrong about things like that. Supreme Court Ruling Affirms Transgender Immigrants' Identity by Claire Song Estrella Santos Zakaria, a transgender immigrant, won a Supreme Court ruling which allowed her to challenge her deportation status. The decision, which was made in May, also marked a big step in the court's recognition of transgender people. Santos Zakaria, who is a transgender woman of indigenous heritage, has been attempting to immigrate to the United States since 2008. In Guatemala, she experienced discrimination, sexual assault, and life-threatening assaults due to her gender identity. And because of her indigenous heritage, it was unlikely that she would have found justice from the law enforcement or the government. She dreamed of traveling to the United States for a chance to start a new life. However, when Santos Zachariah tried to enter the U.S. in 2008 at the age of 17, she was deported by ICE. She tried again in 2018, only to be detained at LaSalle Detention Facility in Louisiana. Her case was taken up by Benjamin Osorio, a private immigration attorney who fought for her to be allowed into the country. Unfortunately, Santos Zacharia was deported again in 2019. He brought the case before the Fifth Circuit, but was rejected because they claimed Santos Zacharia hadn't exhausted all other options regarding immigration courts. But Osorio kept fighting and eventually managed to bring the case all the way to the Supreme Court, which delivered a unanimous decision in Santos Zacharia's favor in May 2023. The Supreme Court ruled that although non-citizens were technically supposed to exhaust all other options before being brought to the Circuit Court of Appeals, the court should express more flexibility in which cases it receives. The groundbreaking decision essentially opened up dozens of new avenues for the judicial review, making it much easier for other immigrants to have their cases heard. But the Supreme Court also set a precedent in another way. In the court's decision, it mentioned Santos Zacharias' preferred name alongside her legal name. It also used her proper pronouns throughout. This was a considerable step in demonstrating the court's recognition of transgender people. It is particularly fascinating to see this in light of the U.S. federal justice system's trend towards conservatism in recent years. The case such as 303 Creative LLC versus Alenis taking a more lax stance on anti-discrimination policy. Meanwhile, Santos Zachariah was allowed to return to the U.S. in late summer. She currently lives in California near several family members, where she awaits her next opportunity at the Fifth Circuit. She says, We get together, and I just feel safe. Safety is what I've always wanted and looked for. It feels good to socialize with the LGBTQ community and to feel support from people. House Votes to Expel Representative George Santos from Congress by Owen Swallow 
This chapter of George Santos' short congressional career has come to a close. The scandal-plagued New York Republican was expelled from the House this Friday after a House Ethics Committee investigation into alleged fraud perpetrated by his campaign after a tumultuous few months uncovered more scandals around the freshman Republican. After the release of the ethics report in November, Santos said he would not seek re-election to New York's 3rd District, which includes northeastern Queens and most of Nassau County, which he won in 2022. However, the congressman had refused to resign, saying that if he did, the bullies would win. Santos said on the House floor the day before the vote, I will not stand quietly. The people of the 3rd District of New York sent me here. If they want me out, they're going to have to silence those people and take the hard vote. The House voted overwhelmingly to oust Santos in a 311 to 114 vote, with two voting present. The congressman had already put on his winter jacket and left the chamber, speeding through the lobby before the vote had been concluded. 105 Republicans voted to remove Santos, but another 112 voted for him to remain. Only two Democrats voted against ousting Santos, Republican Bobby Scott of Virginia and Nikema Williams of Georgia. Both cited not wanting to remove the decision from the voters of New York. Several prominent Republican leaders maintained their support of Santos, including Steve Scalise and Elise Stefanik. House Speaker Mike Johnson had made it clear he was not eager to lose a vote with the slim majority. It's over. What reaction Santos told as he was exiting the Capitol, adding that they just set a new dangerous precedent for themselves. The congressman is the first congressperson in U.S. history to be expelled before a federal conviction. By 3 p.m., workers in the Capitol had taken down the sign in front of Santos' office which they replaced with one that read Office of the 3rd Congressional District of New York. As we previously reported, Santos had already survived two previous attempts to expel him this year. However, Republican support for Santos crumbled in November after the House Ethics Committee released its 56-page report detailing allegations against him. The bipartisan probe found evidence Santos had misused campaign money, spending it on Botox, luxury brands, and on OnlyFans. Santos has declined to comment on the report, but said in a news conference on Thursday that he was not wearing anything purchased with campaign funds. These are six years old, he said, pointing at his shoes. Santos has become the sixth person in U.S. history to be expelled from the House of Representatives. Half of the others who were removed were ousted for treason after they supported the Confederacy during the Civil War with other two reps, Michael Myers of Pennsylvania and James Trafficant of Ohio, expelled in 1980 and 2002 respectively after they were convicted of federal crimes. Even before these allegations came to light, Santos had developed a reputation as a notorious fabulous. Shortly after his election, the congressman admitted to fabricating aspects of background whole cloth, but denied any wrongdoing. It was discovered that he lied about his education and that he worked for Goldman Sachs. During his campaign for Congress, he falsely claimed to have Jewish heritage and that his mother had died in 9-11. All of this made Santos somewhat of an outcast in the House and an easy target for late-night comedians well before federal prosecutors even charged the now-former 
congressman with a variety of campaign finance crimes. There is a 23-count indictment against Santos where federal prosecutors accuse him of inflating his total fundraising numbers to draw support from the Republican Party, laundering money to pay for personal expenses, and charging donors credit cards without their permission. Two of Santos' former campaign aides have already pleaded guilty to fraud charges. While Santos denies wrongdoing, his trial is scheduled for September 9, 2024, before the November election shakeups American federal politics. Santos also made history as the first openly LGBTQ plus Republican elected to Congress, although he has taken stances more in line with the far right and repressing the wider queer community by advocating for things like don't say gay bill and disparaging drag queens. The governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, will have to declare a special election within 10 days of the vacancy. From the editor... Sweater Letter by Addison Heron Wheeler Holy crap, y'all. Another year has gone by. We know there are all kinds of queer feels about Christmas, from get your weird religion off my winter season to oh my god, more trees, please. But this year, considering that OFM has beaten the odds and stuck it out for three years post-COVID as a small publication, we feel we have a lot to be grateful for. So forgive us if we're a little sappy this holiday season. OFM would like to thank each and every one of you for helping to keep us alive. It doesn't matter if you've never spent a dime with us, if you don't have a business to promote or $5 to spare and support us. If you are reading this, you're either adding to our online views by hovering on this page online and helping our pickup rate by reading it at a distribution location or picking up a free copy. You might even be a subscriber. Whatever your connection, whether you've been reading us for years or just discovered us two minutes ago, thank you, folks. Simply being interested in our free content and engaging is helping keep queer media and independent media alive. Okay, sappiness aside, we are here, we are queer, and we made it through another year. So enjoy some super fun, goofy, gooey Gifts and ugly sweaters. The world can be a tough place to navigate, but you're reading this. You made it another year, too, and we're so proud of you. Okay, we lied. The sappiness wasn't quite over. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. If you enjoyed this program, Please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros.